Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is Austin Stark, movie producer, director. I think he acted in one, or maybe not. We'll get to that. Writer. And mostly director. Mostly director and writer for quite a number of them, including movies that uh, featured Peter Fonda and uh, Nicolas Cage, and we'll get all to all of that. Welcome to the show, I guess, if such as it is. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to know, uh, currently you have a, a film that's uh, going to be premiered in uh, Venice, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, thanks for having me, first off. But yeah, we we my new film, uh, Coup, um, will be premiering at... Uh, at the Venice Film Festival uh, in their director's Fortnite program. It was actually just announced this this morning. So we're we're very excited. Yeah. You, and particularly, I think I think um one question I wanted to ask you about was how did you sneak it through? And in, in other words, you must have been the like the last movie before nothing is allowed to happen or something to that effect because of the yeah story. I mean well we certainly we wrote it before the the writers went on strike and we shot um at the end of uh 22 23 and so yeah I mean it seems like everything's kind of come to a standstill since then but we were able to shoot it beforehand and and at the moment like um you know we're a truly independent film and so I think we're in a unique position where our actors you know um SAG hasn't given a 100% confirmation on this, but where our actors will most likely be able to, to be at the premiere to support it and and come out. And so, cause we're not AMTPP or related, you know, so it's, a, it's, it, it is, it's, it could be a great time for, uh, for independent filmmakers like myself. Tell me about the movie Coop. So it, it's set during uh the Spanish flu in, in 1918 and it follows a uh, rebellious, cook a servant um, played by Peter Sarsgaard uh, who gets a job working for a wealthy family who are sheltering on this beautiful estate it's very Gatsby-esque in its in its way and uh, the cook essentially uses the pandemic as leverage to create an uprising with the other servants and the other sir and they take over they take over the estate um and so it's 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 a dark comedy there's uh you know you could call it a comedy thriller um as i said it stars peter sarsgaard it also stars billy magnuson and sarah gaddon and so we've got a really talented cast and and uh yeah it came together really well i think it's a really strong film and and audiences will respond to it is it mostly uh uh, you, you mentioned it as comedic. Is it, uh, is it also serious in some way? In some ways. I mean, it, it certainly has a social uh, a social uh, message to it. I mean, it, it deals with, you know, how divided it speaks to how divided our country is right now. And, and also, you know, 
class struggles over the over the last hundred years. But at the same time, it's a, it's a fun movie, and so uh, it's kind of like if you imagine closest comps would be like Parasite or uh, Triangle of Sadness, uh, the menu, like in that in that kind of vein tonally. But it's much much different than those films. You know, one being that it's a period piece, but it's also, uh, you know, I th- I think we've created something that's that's completely original. Well, when are you leaving uh, for Europe? So, well, I'm actually my wife is um, is is Danish, so we're taking we're we're actually leaving tomorrow for a trip, and then but that's a, a family vacation, and so um, and then we come back. I'm here for two weeks trying to finish the film, and then we go back to. Uh, to Venice uh, for the premiere. <laughs> so, so early September, the, the, the film is premiering on September 8th. It's the closing film of Gionorte Degliatori, which is the director's fortnight program. Oh, good luck for that. Thank you. How did you, how did you get into filmmaking? I was reading about you and it seems you started making movies when you were 20. 21. I did. I did. I went to Georgetown and they didn't have a film um, major back then, but they had something called the concentration. And I kind of got into film when I was in college and, and somewhere in the middle of that. And I started writing scripts and I took all of the classes that, that Georgetown offered, which, which wasn't like such an extensive program at that time. And then when I got out of school, I just started making short films and music videos. Anytime I could get a little bit of money to to do something, I would I would go out and make these shorts and, you know, and pay for them myself. And, <laughs> and some of them ended up getting into some cool film festivals and got some recognition. And then Martin Richards, who uh, the Hamptonite, uh, you know, who produced Chicago and oh, the British Brazil. Yeah, he... Yeah. Uh, he was the first person who believed in me. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, he was a great guy. He he, you know, uh, we were um, my family. Uh, we were friends for for they were friends for many years. And then Martin saw some of my work, and then he ended up hiring me uh, to work with him on a couple different projects. And that's how I got my start. When did you first feel that this was something you really wanted to do? I, around the time I was probably about nineteen. Yeah. So I, my my friend was in. Um, you know, one of my best friends went to Tish. And uh, so I was at Georgetown and I would come back every weekend and hang out with him and, and all of his friends who were who were studying film. And that's kind of and then we ended up writing a script together uh, over one summer, you know, when I was in college. And, and that's uh, that's what sparked it for me. So I think the first real serious movie looks like uh, around 2011. That's when you began to really cook yeah i mean well we won um I, you know i i was producing for a number of years and these days i'm just focused on writing and directing and i produce my own films but um you know 2010 2009 we had we, we had a film that won the audience award at sundance called happy thank you more please in 2010 which was uh which was really exciting and then uh i produced a film that Werner herzog directed called my son my son which I think it was 2009 or 2010 that premiered at um, at Venice, where we're premiering this year, and then it also played at the Toronto International Film Festival, and that was uh, those two films were, um, you know, important for my early career. It seems that almost all your movies involve social issues, and yeah. and uh, focusing on them. In particular, I was interested in the God Committee. Uh, because 
it, it deals with uh, a group of people that have to decide uh, where this heart transplant would go. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, a, a people who are looking for it, but there aren't, there's only the one. Yeah. They, it's, it's, it revolves around a heart committee at a New York city hospital. And these, these committees are responsible for classifying patients and determining, determining who's eligible to receive transplants. And it centers around a unique situation where this committee, because one of their patients who's, who's set to receive a transplant dies on the operating table. And so the heart, you know, if, you know, when you remove them from, from a donor's body, there's only a certain amount of time before they expire. So because this heart suddenly becomes available because somebody died on the operating table. And so the committee has one hour to decide which of three patients deserves this life-saving heart. Like, feels like 12 angry men. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, it's, it's definitely, that's a good call. <laughs> um, yeah, it's in that world. And, and it also cuts back and forth um, between a, a time period that takes place seven years in the future to show how that one decision had an impact on so many different lives. Um, so it's kind of 12 angry men. But we also see this other timeline that it's set against like in the future that 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 kind of traces uh yeah the significance of that one decision tell me um where where you're originally born and raised and um uh, where you're from yeah I, I new york city i grew up uh i grew up um in new york city and and my family has had a place in in the hamptons since i was a child so i also consider that home as well so currently i i have a house in in, in bridgehampton and i live in new york city uh you know, most of the time. And uh, what do you enjoy? Uh, this is a, a segue into some, what do you enjoy doing uh, out here? Oh, I, I mean, the beach. I'm a big beach person. Um, <laughs> I love being in the ocean and I play a lot of tennis, yoga. Uh, like, uh, you know, there's this place called Hamptons Hot Yoga, which I, which I love. In, in the summer is brutal. Like you like sweat your soul out, it's, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> and barbecuing. I like cooking food, you know, doing, uh, doing very laid back things. You know, I guess if you talked to me 20 years ago, I would have probably been at the clubs and partying all night, but um, I'm a little old for that. I have a, I have a two-year-old daughter. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I, I keep it low key these days. Oh, I, well, two, two other questions I wanted to ask you about. Uh, tell me how was working with Nicolas Cage and Peter Fonda in The Runner and a little bit about that. That was in 2015. So it's about eight years ago. Yeah. And that was my first film as a director, my first feature. And um, I, you know, I, I remember when I was working with the two of them, like we were shooting a scene to get together, right? With the, because uh, Peter Fonda played Nicolas, Nicolas Cage's father in the film. And I remember thinking to myself, like, like, oh, my God, here I'm, I'm, I'm directing these two legends, <laughs> you know, it like occurred to me <laughs> as I stepped on set and looked at them like ready to go, looking at me for direction. And it was a pretty you want, um, to be the director of that. I mean, that, I, I wrote the script. I wrote a, a, a <laughs> script that, you know, about a politician during the BP oil spill. And that, you know, it was touching on a lot of the the issues um, of of that of that spill. And it was, you know, socially relevant, but also Nicolas Cage plays um, uh, uh, an up and coming congressman in Louisiana. 
and uh, his career is destroyed in a sex scandal. And that was very, a very timely topic back then. And so I think they read it and they responded to its timeliness and Cage played this very broken character and, and he really connected with him. And so, but it was pretty, pretty incredible directing, directing both of them. I had a couple pinch me moments and, and, you know, and as for like, they cage is such a cool guy. He's very eccentric as you can imagine, but he's a, he's a really sweet person, very authentic. And, and the same for, for Peter Fonda, like just, I mean, you could, you could almost feel like you were in the presence of a legend when you'd hang out with Peter Fonda. But were there any um, legendary uh, events like they years ago, they used to have a very, you know, pouting people wouldn't come out of the trailer, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, Cage would like be in disguise when he'd leave set. Um, that was kind of funny because like sometimes we'd be in the middle of nowhere and Cage would be wearing a Hawaiian shirt and like this, like a hat that like covered most of his face. And like, you'd kind of uh, like he, like he almost stood out more because he was dressed so ridiculously. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's Cage, you know, and he'd have gold chains and all this stuff. But, um, you know, no, they, they weren't divas at all. They were cool. I mean, Nick has like a certain way he likes to live. You know, he needs like a nice, a nice hotel room, nice suite, you know. Um, but, you know, it's understandable. They, they need their trailers, but they're, they're not, they're not divas in that traditional sense. And they were just like, really passionate about the material and, and happy to make the film. And so they didn't give me any, any trouble. What, uh, what's up for you? Have you got anything in the fire at the moment? I, I, there's a concept that I'm developing that I, I'm hoping I've been, you know, we shot this film coup, uh, that, that the one that's premiering at Venice soon. Um, we shot it in late 2022, early 2023, and we've been editing it since, you know, and now we're doing the sound and the color. So I've been pretty consumed and I haven't been able to work on anything else, but I'm excited to, uh, to dive into, uh, my my next concept in in september after the festival and and that's like set in the world of um uh spiritual tourism you know people are taking all of these you know these 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 uh you know ayahuasca and mdma and they think it's like the gateway to uh to enlightenment and so that's what um that's what my next project will explore i see something called infinitely polar bear in yeah. your resume what was that that is uh it's a film about a bipolar father trying to raise his uh his kids in the 1970s in boston um and it's a very personal story uh i produced it it was directed by uh, a woman named maya forbes who's super talented and she's she's done a lot of other really interesting films and mark ruffalo plays uh the father it's a very intimate story and uh just calm. it's it's war like a very um heartwarming dramedy and really proud of that film do you consider your i'm just curious about something are you sort of more East Coast than West Coast? Because film industry yeah. is so out there, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i based in New York. I lived in California for a few years when I was getting started, like in my late 20s. But I don't know, these days, like I spend so much time, like when I'm making a film, you know, oftentimes that's not in California. 
because of, you know, just the, the finance, the financials of movie making these days, like there's tax incentives, like that are more compelling in other States, which as an independent filmmaker, like helps you to, to make these films. And so I don't, so I don't really need to be there for production. And then when I'm not, um, when I'm not shooting, I'm generally writing and that could be from, from anywhere, you know? So I don't find myself, uh, needing to be in LA. And of course, every once in a while, I'll, I'll go out there and take a series of meetings and then I'll go home back to New York. It would seem that Coup would have very unique uh, things going on in it. I'm talking about the filmmaking part. Being a period piece requires quite a bit of, of effort in obtaining things that were unique for that era. Yeah. How that worked out. How, where did you shoot it? Yeah, we, sh it was very, um, it was tricky. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and you, you want to get all of that right. And so, you know, the one thing that we, we made sure is that our, our production designer, uh, a woman named Dina Sidney was, she's like a historian. She knew, she knows everything about the time period. And so was uh, hell bent on making everything period accurate. And so we have a lot of conversations about that. And as for where we shot, we shot in, in uh, New Jersey, believe it or not. There's some like gilded age like mansions that like we shot at a very famous one called Blair's Den, um, which uh, uh, for all of the like that's all like all of the scenes outside in the film are shot there. And then all the scenes that take place inside are shot at a different mansion that the Gould Mansion uh, in New Jersey and that he was like a famous like short seller in the early 1900s. And uh, a he donated his estate to a college and they've kind of left it pretty much like as it was. And so we got really lucky to be able to shoot there. And so because there was a lot of a lot of the uh, the details were left intact from the early 1900s. And of course, like we augmented it with our own production design, but it really helped us to be able to make the film on a budget that's really not like that, that large. Well, good luck with that. And yeah, thank you. I'll I'll uh, I'll see you soon. And thanks for yeah. No, appreciate you having me on. Well, I was glad to meet you, and yeah, especially with your uh, your daughter. That was fun. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. No, it was great to meet you too, and thank you so much. This was sure. fun. Okay. All right, have a, have a good one, Dan. I'll speak to you soon.